Welcome to episode one of Rise from Stuck. Today, I'm going to share with you a true story about a woman who had this ridiculous idea that if she could write good books and learn how to sell them via her own publishing company, she could earn a living telling and selling stories. But then she let her doubts, fears, and excuses consume her and get her stuck as an employee in a series of unfulfilling jobs while dreaming about working as an author and leader in her own thriving publishing business. The story starts with her earliest memory and takes you on a journey from her secret childhood dreams to the way she is finally working to make those dreams a reality now. Spoiler alert, I am that woman, and this is my Rise from Stuck story. I share it to introduce myself, as you likely have no clue who I am. I also hope it will encourage you to seek God, trust God, and start to take confident, consistent action towards your own dreams. Let's get to it! It's time to Rise from Stuck with Bonnie Jean Schaefer, author, trainer, and servant of God. If you find yourself filled with big dreams but stuck in dreaming, learning, planning mode, too trapped by your fears, doubts, and excuses to take confident, consistent action, then this is the podcast for you. In it, we're going to build a foundation and framework for our lives that aligns with God and His desires for us and create systems that make action inevitable. We'll also let ourselves live adventurously along the way. This journey may be a bumpy ride, but as we learn to trust God, respect our strengths, and do the work our dreams require, we're going to build confidence, courage, and consistency in the pursuit of God and our dreams. So strap into God's Word, grab onto my hand, and let's rise from stuck together. As I listened to my mother read the Bible to me and my three older sisters before bed that night, I realized something important. I was a sinner. I may have only been four years old, but I knew right from wrong. I knew it was a lot easier to choose to do the wrong thing than to do the right thing. I knew when I did something wrong, I got in trouble. I knew my natural tendency was to tell lies to cover my mistakes. I knew my natural tendency was to be impolite to those in authority over me. I knew my natural tendency was to be selfish rather than look out for others. So when I heard that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, I knew that verse was talking about me. I had sinned. That meant I had fallen short of God's glory. When I heard that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, I knew I was deserving of death, but God wanted wanted God's gift of eternal life. When I heard that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. I understood that believing in Jesus was the only way to experience that eternal life and see the kingdom of God. So when my mother finished reading the Bible that night, I asked her what I needed to do to be saved. She promptly sent my sisters to bed and sat down with me with her Bible open. She made sure I understood that I was a sinner in need of God's forgiving grace. She made sure I understood that salvation comes by grace through faith, not by anything I do. I told her I understood and wanted to ask God to save me. We thus knelt side by side along the couch, and she prayed with me as I asked God to forgive and save me. Then something wonderful happened. God answered my request. He saved me. The instant I asked for salvation, I felt his presence wash over me. I felt different, renewed, alive. I didn't quite understand it at the time, but now I realize that presence I felt was the Holy Spirit. He came to reside in my soul at that moment, and he has never and will never leave. I was still a sinner. But now I was a sinner saved by grace. My sin nature still lived in me, 
but now so did God the person in the person of the Holy Spirit. Now I was equipped to fight my sin nature, and the battle between my fleshly desires and my godly desires is a battle that will rage within me until the day I die. As I fight that battle, I have learned to structure my life in a way that allows me to stand strong in Christ. I do that by making seeking him, serving him, and sharing him my top priority in life. I find great comfort, joy, and delight in living for God and obeying his commandments. I am far from perfect and still get derailed from time to time. I've made more mistakes in my life, mistakes in my life than I care to admit, and have disappointed my God in ways that break my heart to recall. But I serve a gracious, forgiving, loving God. He made me. He saved me. And he gave me gifts to use, dreams to pursue, and people to pour my heart into. I didn't always understand that, though. As a kid, I didn't know what to do with my dreams of being an actress and an author. So I buried them just beneath the surface of my daily activities. I kept them buried to help me fit into this world like a normal child. But I never could quite find my place. I'm not sure why I felt the need to hide my dreams. My amazing parents and sisters and brother always supported everything I did. But somehow I started to believe the story that I was strange for wanting to write and act. I began to believe the only place I could let myself be me was in my fantasy. In the privacy of my imagination, I loved making up stories that I would use my Barbie dolls to act out. As I got older, I became the star of my stories by creating characters that would go on grand adventures I would never in reality have the courage to undergo. The type of character would change depending on my mood. Sometimes I would feel lonely and play a servant tragic and play a captive, brilliant and play a doctor, lonely and play an orphan, or beautiful and play a princess. I would often stay with the same character for weeks, picking up the storyline wherever I found time alone. I longed to be an actress when I grew up, but such aspirations sounded silly to mention. I figured I would never act in Hollywood, but no one could stop me from acting in my dreams. As for writing, I seldom wrote any of my stories. It was too dangerous. What if someone found them? I would be so embarrassed. My stories were for my imagination only and would seem peculiar to anyone else. After all, who was I to think I could write something others would enjoy reading? I was just me. Quiet, shy, strange little me. Some things, though, were too good not to write down. Only I hid everything I wrote. I couldn't risk being exposed. I didn't want anyone to think I thought I was a writer. I told myself I wasn't important enough to earn that title. So instead of allowing my dreams to become a source of passion that I pursued with relentless determination, I allowed them to become a burden by keeping them hidden in my soul. Writing and acting were not my only aspirations, however. Playing t-ball at the age of six hooked me on sports. I craved the competition and threw my heart and soul into every opportunity I had to compete. Sports became the outlet for the passion of writing and acting I was hiding. In my gym class, I wanted to be the best jump roper, the best kickball player, the best whatever. But as much as I wanted to be, I was not an athletic phenom. I possessed just enough athletic talent to be good, but not enough to be a superstar. That's what I let myself believe anyway. I thought I was limited in the things I could accomplish. That thought alone is what limited me. By the time I reached high school, my childhood fantasies of writing and acting were long since buried deep within my heart. I instead focused on practical, tangible things I could accomplish. Things that would make sense to those around me. Things like performing well in the classroom and on the playing field. I made good enough grades to keep me among the top 10% in my class. 
but there were always people smarter than me. I played well enough in my chosen sports of softball, volleyball, and basketball to earn a starting spot on my teams and all-conference honors in softball and volleyball, but I wasn't anywhere close to being MVP of any league or earning all-state honors. I also ran to stay in shape, but I didn't deem myself a runner, because I didn't run in races. I was too slow to run in races and didn't want to compete in something I didn't have the slightest chance of winning. Still, I admired marathon runners. But I was a volleyball player. A basketball player. A softball player. I was not a runner. So I buried the dream of being a marathon runner along with my dreams of writing and acting. No one needed to know these ridiculous, unrealistic desires of mine. Then my senior year brought with it the pressure of choosing a college. Each of my three older sisters had attended a state university, but I wanted to expand beyond the borders of North Carolina and do something different. I also wanted to play softball at the collegiate level and attend a Christian college. When my pastor introduced me to Cedarville College, which is now Cedarville University, I instantly knew that is where God wanted me to go. Without stepping foot on that Ohio campus, I applied in the fall of my senior year. It was the only college I applied to. Unfortunately, I got accepted. I wasn't recruited to play on the softball team, so I tried out as a walk-on. I made the team only to do something I didn't have much experience with. Sit the bench. At the end of my freshman season, the coach gave out team awards. Our shortstop, a senior, received the Player of the Year award. I decided at that moment I wanted to be the recipient of that award at the end of my senior season. So my sophomore year, I worked my way into the starting lineup. My junior year, I became the number one pitcher on the team. My senior year, I was named captain at the outset of the season. At the end of the season, the coach gave out the team awards. My name was on the Player of the Year plaque. That plaque reminds me that dreams are possible and that with God's help, little by little, I can get what I want. Softball aside, I did have some other decisions to make, such as what major to choose and what career to pursue. Having no desire to pursue any career other than writing, yet having no faith that I could actually be a writer, I found myself in the midst of a dilemma. After praying about it throughout my freshman year, I made an unusual decision. I declared Bible as my major at the end of that year. I knew my course of study wouldn't train me for, for a career, but it would enable me to solidify my faith foundation and train me for life as a faithful servant of God. That way I wouldn't waste my college year studying a subject I had no passion for just to say I was qualified to work some job I wouldn't enjoy anyway. By February of my senior year, the wisdom of my decision that I know was guided by God was not altogether apparent to me. I was facing a black hole of uncertainty about my post-graduation future. I clung to my secret longing to be a writer. But writing wasn't practical. Didn't God want me to be practical? To choose a logical career that were to produce steady work and steady paychecks? The idea of being practical depressed me, while the idea of being an entrepreneurial writer enticed me. I just didn't dare share, share the latter idea with anyone. While struggling to settle on a practical career path, I sat through a lecture in which my professor discussed the difference between dreamers and doers. The difference was simple. Dreamers dream about what could be done, while doers make things happen. I wanted to be a doer. I wanted to believe in the power of my dreams and the possibilities of turning them into memories. But I couldn't, because the story I told myself was that I was just a dreamer. Had my professor not gone a step further, though, I would have maintained my misguided thought process. 
She went on to quote Psalm 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. God wanted to give me the desires of my heart? I was stunned. I was almost too stunned to breathe. I was definitely too stunned to pay attention to the rest of the lecture. As soon as class ended, I went home and read the first six verses of Psalm 37 over and over and over. They were real. These words were actually in the inspired word of God. I had spent my life delighting in the Lord, and now my gracious God wanted to give me the desires of my heart. My greatest desire was to be a writer. I realized I could, with God's help, make that happen. I could be a dream doer. At first, I wanted to focus on screenwriting as that tapped into the acting desire as well. Then my father suggested starting with novels as many movies or adaptations of books. That advice resonated with me. So following graduation, I'd moved back in with my parents and lived off my savings for a few months while starting work on my first novel, The Dreamdoers and the Summer of Secrets. As energized as I was about writing, though, it was harder than I expected as I had no official training. And it didn't pay the bills. I needed a job that would produce an immediate source of income. So my father hired me to help him in his business. Working with him as a carpenter turned out to be the first of an assortment of jobs I would hold. Jobs such as mail carrier, customer service representative, high school softball coach, retail sales associate, substitute teacher, summer sports camp coach, church secretary, campus recreation intern, waitress, and barista. I never went into any job expecting to make it my career. I looked at each one as a meantime way of making money as I pursued my ultimate goal of writing. Even though I was capable of earning more and doing more, I remained stuck in jobs that did not challenge me or play to my God-given strengths. I embraced the identity of a struggling writer and settled for jobs that would get me by while I worked on my book. Yet having to work low-level jobs in order to survive contradicted my belief that God would bless my actions to pursue my writing. My stubborn pride hardened my heart and cut off my trust in God regarding my dreams. I didn't understand that writing is a journey. I didn't understand that I was young and naive and needed to endure challenges in order to grow, gain wisdom, and learn to depend on God. As I worked those early jobs, I plugged away on my novel and dreamed of becoming the young author whose debut novel rose to the top of the bestseller charts. I was certain that my novel would be my ticket to financial freedom. Nothing else. Until I could make a living as a writer, I decided to work jobs below my capabilities that earned me just enough to cover my expenses. That's precisely what I did for the next two decades. Not saying it was wise, I'm just saying that's what I did. The first decade was spent hopping from job to job while buying books, courses, and programs about writing, personal development, and business. I absorbed the information, put a tiny fraction of it into action, then looked for the next information product. I loved learning for the sake of learning. Uh, that approach worked well in school when all I needed to do was earn good grades. It didn't work so well in the real world where lack of implementation leads to lack of money and even worse, lack of confidence. One area where I did experience some success, however, was with running. I conquered my first marathon in 2001 and have since run a total of five, although I still have my super slow Schaefer speed and typically finish in the middle of the pack in distance races. I completed those runs and learned how to change my identity to embrace that of a runner. I've also completed several ultra marathons and half marathons, as well as many 10Ks and 5Ks. I thus know the difference a mindset shift can make in the pursuit of dreams. Back to the career story. The first draft of my book was terrible, so I rewrote it. That draft was 
not quite terrible, but still quite bad. So I revamped it a third time. It was getting better, but remained unreadable and unshareable. By draft four, though, it was decent enough to get the attention of an agent. You know, nine years later after starting draft one. Only by that time, I realized I didn't want to go the traditional publishing route. I had discovered the world of self-publishing and followed God's lead to start my own publishing company. In 2008, Dream Doers Publishing was born. I managed to get my first book out into the world. I just didn't do the marketing work necessary, so it flopped. I'm talking massive, massive, massive flop. <laughs> Discouraged with my novel publishing experience and weary of job hopping, I landed at Starbucks in September 2009. I figured I would need that job for, oh, six months while I regrouped and learned how to market my book. Six months later, I had been promoted to shift supervisor and had stopped writing, and my novel hadn't earned me a dime. Disillusioned with novel writing, I started writing short stories and published them on my blog. I was enjoying the short writing projects while continuing to absorb information about writing, personal development, and business. And then, through my work at Starbucks, I got to know a squad of police officers who came in on a regular basis to get coffee. When they learned I was writing short stories, one of the officers told me I should write a story about cops. Another told me I should write a story about dragons. It was a fun joke at first, but they were persistent and kept trying to convince me to write about cops and dragons. To appease them, I finally wrote a story in 2012 entitled Cops Robbers and Dragons? That story changed my life. It sparked the idea for the fantasy series I'm writing now under the pen name of D.K. Drake, and I am so thankful God brought those friends into my life to convince me to write about cops and dragons. I published the first of those novels in 2014, the second in 2016, and the third in 2019. While I worked on those novels, I intentionally remained in my supervisor role at Starbucks. I knew I was more than capable of climbing the ladder within the company, but if I committed to any position above supervisor, I would belong to the company. As a supervisor, my commitment was limited to 40 hours a week, as overtime was not allowed, and allowed me to use my leadership skills every day. As a store manager, I would be salaried and would be unofficially on call seven days a week from store open until store close. I would have to hire, fire, fill in gaps when people didn't show and work to meet the impossible metrics of upper management who had lost touch with what it was like to work the floor. I didn't want that lifestyle, and I didn't want a job that would take so much out of me that I would have time or energy left to write, you know, kind of like where I am now, but I digress. Because I needed to write. I tried countless times to purge that desire out of my heart so that I could be content with a normal job and not feel like I needed to work before work or after work. It gnawed at my soul every day, even on days when I refused to do any writing at all. I thought about writing more than I actually wrote. I watched others online publish books and win big while I stayed small waiting for my big win. Instead of dreaming of being that young author who hit the bestseller charts, I now dreamed of being the barista-turned-novelist. My dreams weren't coming true the way I wanted them to. But I wasn't committed to them. I wasn't doing the work despite knowing what work needed to be done and the habits I needed to put in place to get the work done. I wasn't winning my way. So I only gave God a snippet of effort. Fortunately, God is gracious and patient and long-suffering. He continues to bless my books and helps readers find them, even though I am not engaged in any advertising, and I'm thankful for the trickle of income they bring in every month. I'm also thankful for my current job. I left Starbucks in February of 2019 for a job as a life insurance agent. 
only the company environment was toxic and I couldn't in good conscience continue to work there. After a long, tear-filled chat with God two weeks into that job, I quit and have never before had such peace about such an illogical decision. I knew I couldn't go back to Starbucks or remain in the life insurance position. I also knew I had no other job lined up, but I had a God I could trust to provide. True to form, he did provide. I lived off my savings until August of 2019 when he led me to the job where I am now. When I started, I sensed I would need to stay there for three years. I am three months away from that three-year mark, and I'm not sure I'm going to make it. I love my team and my boss, but the overwhelming workload and nature of the job itself is sucking the creativity from my soul. I'm working 45 to 50 hours a week in a game I cannot win because this game doesn't play to my strengths. My strengths involve teaching and training, writing and leading. Although I do plenty of writing in the form of claims documentation, the writing isn't creative. Consequently, I've lost my creativity and I'm stuck at the start line of the fourth and final book in my fantasy series. And ideas for a related trilogy are also brewing. My lost creativity and that feeling of stuck is precisely why I have started this podcast. I long for the freedom that comes from being a founder of a publishing company. I see the possibilities that exist as an author entrepreneur and continue to invest in courses that teach me to be a better writer, as well as how to build a publishing business. But when it comes time to do the work my dreams require, I freeze. I feel trapped by my doubts, paralyzed by my myriad of excuses and incapable of committing to a career path as an entrepreneur. I know what I want. I want to dedicate my mornings to writing stories and spend my afternoons teaching and training others so they are able to live their dreams. But I am confined to my role of claims adjuster for nine or more hours a day. I want to work in concentrated blocks of time, but the nature of my job forces me to work with constant interruptions throughout the day. I want to understand what it means to trade value for money as an entrepreneur, but my income is limited because I trade my time for money as an employee. Most of all, I want to become the diligent, disciplined, passionate leader of a business God put me here to become. But I am stuck living one professional reality while longing for another. I am done feeling stuck. I am frustrated with myself for constantly living in dreaming, learning, planning mode. I am ready to get out of my head and into action. So I'm choosing to rise from stuck, which means learning how to trust God, respect my strengths, and do the work my dreams require. I don't want to rise alone, though. I want you to join me. Together, let's learn how to develop a productive mindset and track our actions to hold ourselves accountable to God for taking confident, consistent action. To help encourage and challenge you to get out of dreaming, learning, planning mode, and into action, I commit to delivering a minimum of one podcast episode a week. In these episodes, we're going to dig into our faith foundation, explore what is possible for us when we use our God-given strengths, and refine a goal-achieving system that motivates us to live in aligned action with God's truth and our God-honoring dreams. Be aware these episodes will lack professional-level sound quality. They're going to be filled with ums and ahs and background noises and all sorts of tiny imperfections. Remember, I'm working a full-time job and I'm a solopreneur. I also live with two of my sisters, and the three of us are raising four foster kids. And I'm always training for some sort of race. So I don't have time to do endless edits on each episode, nor do I have the resources to hire it out. I'll thus do the best I can with the time and resources available to me while focusing on delivering quality content that helps you rise from stuck and get into action mode. I'll also throw in some entertainment episodes that 
have me sharing my stories. So I'll read my books to you, hoping that that will reignite my creativity so I can get back into a fiction writing mode as well. So if you're ready to join me on this journey, head over to bonniejeanshafer.com and subscribe to my email list. That way we can stay connected and learn how to rise from stuck together. If this episode inspired you, challenged you, or taught you something, the best way you can thank me is by leaving a written review on Apple Podcasts. Not only will it help me know what you're thinking, but it will also help others on a quest to rise from stuff and discover the show. After you leave that review, I challenge you to go do one thing that will take you closer to God and your dreams today. Welcome to episode one of Rise from Stuck. Today, I'm going to share with you a true story about a woman who had this ridiculous idea that if she could write good books and learn how to sell them via her own publishing company, she could earn a living telling and selling stories. But then she let her doubts, fears, and excuses consume her and get her stuck as an employee in a series of unfulfilling jobs while dreaming about working as an author and leader in her own thriving publishing business. The story starts with her earliest memory and takes you on a journey from her secret childhood dreams to the way she is finally working to make those dreams a reality now. Spoiler alert, I am that woman, and this is my Rise from Stuck story. I share it to introduce myself, as you likely have no clue who I am. I also hope it will encourage you to seek God, trust God, and start to take confident, consistent action towards your own dreams. Let's get to it!